basketball with Jordan Caroline, and you listen to Pack Center. What is up, Wolfpack? Thanks for tuning in to Pack Center. I'm your host, the former ASBN play-by-play and color commentator, Jordan Burns, here with the status quo for Nevada Sports, Garrett Hirschberg. If you haven't already, give us a follow on Twitter, at PackCenterNV, Instagram, at PackCenterNevada, and Facebook, PackCenterNevada. Finals week is fast approaching here at the University of Nevada, and that means both Garrett and I are drowning in schoolwork. So it's going to be a short show recapping men's and women's basketball, starting with the 22nd in the nation, Nevada Hoops basketball team, according to the Associated Press. Garrett, this is awesome. We're finally in the top 25, first time since 20, since 2007 with um, JaVale McGee, Vermont Sessions, all those guys. And I think that this is kind of like the pinnacle of Coach Muss's career, that he's got to be in the, in the top 25 and showing that he's really brought this team around. You're you're right, and let's let's date this back a little bit to last last semester during the March Madness run. We talked a lot about this 2007 team, so it's good to see that they're they still live on on the airway <laughs> on the airwaves. But you look at what Muss has done in his first year. He takes a team that won seven games in 2014 to the CBI to the next season to 2015 winning the CBI uh, championship to the next year winning 28 games and making it to the NCAA tournament. And then now you got this year. They started off 8-0. Their best start in got to be 30 years. It was a bit, even a better start than this 2007 team. They make it to the top top 25 at 22nd. And it's it's just great to see that Nevada is being awarded for their hard work, their effort, and all that Muss has done. Yeah, what was this? It's like nine games straight we were winning, and that – pretty much led the NCAA with a couple other teams. We have, yeah, we have four true road wins, which is the most in the nation. We, and that's something great to see because winning on the road, especially in college basketball, isn't the easy thing, is, isn't is an easy thing to do. We've seen at Lawler how, how rowdy fans are. And it's, and it's, and it's such a great X factor to have on your side. Yeah, it's incredible that we can go on the road and still play as well as we do at home, if not even better in some cases. I think that we've had some of our best games on the road against um, uh, some lesser opponents and then even some tough opponents. Um, we can we can talk about that this week as well. I mean, we've had some great games uh, this week. Uh, one on the road that we're going to talk about a little bit later that I'm not super happy about, but that's okay. Uh, Garrett, I want to start off and talk about uh, each game individually, starting with that one on November 29th against Illinois State at home. One that I personally really, really enjoyed. Yeah, th- no, this was a great game. Uh, this one, this was the home co- or homecoming for Jordan Caroline. He, as you know, he played at Illinois State. Um, Nevada won ninety-eight to sixty-eight, which we did not think this game was going to be a thirty-point, thirty-point blowout. But it was raining threes in Lawler. Um, as a as a team, they hit fourteen three pointers. And that's something that we're that we've seen all year with Nevada. They shoot the ball a lot, and they're making it from a pretty good percentage. And it's great to see. Caleb Martin led the team with 21 points, seven rebounds, and four assists. Uh, Jordan Caroline had 20 points off the bench, which was a strange move. Why? Why? Why Jordan Caroline didn't start? Yeah, that was um, a strange thing. He missed a didn't he miss a day in practice because of a a family thing? And- yeah, I think that's what Chris Murray uh, said. Kendall Stevens had 19 points, including five threes made, and uh, they dominated the rebounding battle, 42 to 28. This was the first game that season that they actually like 
killed it on the on the rebounding battle. This had flashbacks of last year, like when Cam Oliver, like th- where they won the rebounding battle pretty much every single game. Yeah, and I like that you mentioned Cam Oliver because we actually talked to um, Leo, and I can't remember his last name, but we. I don't. Yeah, know his last but name. he. He runs Cowbell Kingdom. He comes out of the University of Nevada as well. He, he uh, started the brush up and all that stuff. And he talked in one of our classes today, and he was talking about if Cam Oliver had stayed at Nevada for an extra year, this team would be unstoppable. It would be a, a real force to be reckoned with, and we could have a real run in the, in the NCAA tournament, in the March Madness, Sweet 16, and the whole thing. I think that, uh, like you said before, we haven't seen a good rebounding battle yet until this game, and I think that that's the one thing that we're really missing is a really tough defense. We've been seeing a lot of shootouts, but our offense definitely makes up for anything that we lack on defense. I mean, 98 points um, against Illinois State is uh, something to definitely brag about. Yeah, no, um, getting back to Cam Oliver, he would be the perfect uh, guy because we've seen a lot of what this Wolfpack team does is they run small ball. They really don't use Elijah Foster or Darian Williams at all. And so I think Cam Oliver would have been that dominating force in the paint. Plus, he's an electrifying player. Like, whenever he has a big play, a big dunk, a big three, like, Lawler explodes. And so I think that's what – that energy is what the Wolfpack miss. Yeah, something else I got asked uh, today was um, from Prince Nesta of um, Discover America. He asked me what – makes Nevada basketball so special, especially compared to last year. And I think the real shift that we've seen is Cam Oliver was one of these like LeBron type players for a school like Nevada. You know, he was he was the team. We kind of moved we worked our offense and our defense around him and how he played. And now we're very much like the Warriors. And I think that's like Eric Musselman. He's fr- he he coached the Warriors and that's kind of like what he actually wanted all along is we're playing small ball. We're playing um team basketball instead of just having like one all-star like you see with uh, with the Cavaliers with uh, LeBron you know we're playing every, we got like a, we got a Katie we got a Steph Curry we got one guy for every for every job and um, that's actually helping us quite a bit yeah it Cam Oliver was a rock star on this campus he like everywhere he went like he would get like people like wanted to take pictures with him and it's like it's great to see that, but then it kind of it could be distracting at times because you got these one player, and then now you got the Martin twins who are, who each dominate their specific roles on this team. You got uh, Kendall Stevens who can shoot lights out, so you got a bunch of players who fill their roles. So it's this team is almost made up like of a bunch of role players, just better. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The one thing I am missing from Cal, Cam Oliver that he had that. Uh, really put Nevada on a whole nother level was he had this star power potential. You know, he would go in, he'd make the big dunks, the big plays, and it would get the crowd engaged. You don't really have that as much now, now that we're spreading the ball around. You don't have that one guy who's who's uh, speeding down the court and making a flashy dunk and getting the crowd involved. Uh, it happens very rarely now. It'll happen maybe once or twice a game. When with Cam Oliver, it would happen for an entire half. Yeah, and Cam Oliver, especially, well, Going back to uh, pregame, like Cam Oliver would put on a spectacle. Him, versus, him and Jordan Caroline would just like dunk offs, and that's one way to electrify a home crowd before the game even starts. Like doing these windmill between windmill between the leg dunks. We got that on footage. Yeah, that's probably one of the the 
early footage of, from Pack Center that really put us on the map, and that got us tons of uh, shares and clicks and everything on Twitter. And that's what I really miss about Cam Oliver is uh, that star potential and what and really that that crowd envy that you get, you know. Um, but right now we're playing really, really smart and really tactical offense and defense for Nevada basketball. And I think that's really what's giving us success. We weren't as successful with Cam Oliver, but it was definitely exciting. Um, I want to move on to this next game against UC Irvine, um, where we won that one again, 76 to 65. And Garrett, I want you to kind of break down the stats for this one. So this wasn't as easy as a win as um, as the score as the score says. Um, Nevada was trailing at at the half by two, which is a first we've seen all season. And then Nevada just blew out the Anteaters in the second half. Uh, Jordan Caroline had a monster night, 24 points, 13 rebounds, four assists. All three of those categories led the team. He led the team in. Kendall Stevens had 17 points, including five three ma- five three pointers made. The offense only committed five turnovers the entire game, which is very very impressive to see, especially with Nevada running this high fast paced offense. They have they have tendency to leak, will make passes to guys. To get where they're supposed to be, but they're not. So you got a lot of turnovers there. Uh, a lot of like, like the like the ball gets poked away. So it was great to see Nevada only commit five turnovers. This was like a weird game to watch because it wasn't really on TV, and when you streamed it online, the audio was so far behind that it made you had to w- pretty much watch it on mute. Mm. But I mean, all that aside, I mean it was a good game, and all in all. Um, a close one, which was a surprise. I mean, we haven't had a lot of good close games, especially against uh, UC teams like Irvine. Um, Garrett, what was your biggest takeaway with this game? Um, my biggest takeaway, definitely um, Jordan Caroline having, like, monster night, monster numbers. Like, we haven't really seen him, like, like have, like, lead the team in scoring that much this season. It's mostly been the Martins as they write – as they deservingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was great to see Jordan Caroline just put up monster numbers. He shot 7 of 8 from the free throw line, 8 of 16 from the field, put up, as I mentioned earlier, 24 points, 13, 13 rebounds, which out of those 13, he grabbed five offensive rebounds. And so, I, I like how you mentioned, like, the Martin twins have been kind of like the ones leading the team. And that's something that I really missed from Jordan Caroline last year because Jordan Caroline was like, he wasn't the Cam Oliver, but he was definitely up there with him, and we would watch him. And he was one of my favorite guys to watch. Uh, and this year, he's been a lot. He's been kind of quiet. I mean, still putting up good numbers. He's been putting up about twenty points a game or so. Um, yeah, and talk getting, getting back to the Martins, they have between the two of them, they average thirty-five points a game. Exactly, and one of them's not even a real shooter. He's more of a defensive guy, and so uh, spreading the ball around has definitely been an aid for Nevada. Except going back to the whole Cam Oliver argument again, it, it just hasn't been as exciting to watch because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, as especially as time goes on and we more people get used to this new offense, I think it's going to be even more exciting. We talked about how they're going to shoot the ball a lot and how every a lot of people like the Warriors because they're electrifying. They score a lot of points, and I think that's that's what's going to happen to Nevada. And I totally agree with you there. And I think that once we get out of this like preseason bout right now where we're going and playing a bunch of different teams from all over the place. And once we get into Mountain West play, it's going to be a whole nother ball game. We're not going to be able to get stopped. Like, the Mountain West cannot compete with Nevada right now. No, and I don't think there's any 
maybe there's one team in the Mountain West that can keep up to Nevada, and it's probably Boise. Mm-hmm. But it, it's I, all it's all going to tell during a Mountain West play because going on the road in the Mountain West is tough. Um, you anyone can lose to anyone. That's that's probably college basketball. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Eric Musman would never tell you that that the regular season is going to be a breeze. Never in a million years. He's going to tell you it's going to be tough and that we're not ready for it. But You remember when Musk said that we were a middle-of-the-pack Mountain West team in the preseason. Yeah, and I think that was – we talked about that on our show a couple weeks ago, and that was uh, a motivator for a lot of the, the players. And I, uh, I disagreed. I think that that was kind of a, a risky thing to say. I mean, I don't think that – I don't think any of the fans really believed him when he said that, first of all. But um, – he was definitely wrong. Uh, 22nd in the nation is definitely not a middle-of-the-pack uh, Mountain West team. You're right. And this is the first time since 2014 a Mountain West team has been ranked. Now that we got those two wins out of the way, let's talk about the third game this week. Oh, yes. The third game away uh, at Texas Tech was our first loss of the season. We lost 82-76 to in overtime. A tough battle for the Wolfpack indeed. This win, that loss, this loss is going to haunt Nevada for the rest of you the almost, year. You said this win, and it's it, we're so used so to close. Saying, saying this win with Nevada basketball, and now we got to say loss. And we, we were so used to saying that with Nevada football, so we got to. But like, oh, I was getting yeah. so I was getting no. so used to saying mm-hmm. the win. Yeah, but no. go ahead, go ahead. So they were up five at halftime, and then they blew the lead, obviously, and then in overtime they came out flat. Man, it was awful to watch. They played hero ball for the entire second half in overtime. While in the first half it was like they'd kick it out and they'd find Kendall Stevens open for three quite a bit. They shot, they opened the gate five or six from three, and then they they finished shooting the ball only only forty percent from three. So you gotta you gotta get back to what's working. Like why go away with it? I don't understand why Nevada went away from like getting open looks and instead of just trying to play hero ball. I think it had to do with the, the position that they were in. They were losing against Texas Tech, and they had to really step it up and try something new and mess around with it. And uh, I don't think that Texas Tech was really giving them the the opportunities to make the type of plays that they wanted to. Like it worked in the first half. Like why? Like, I mean, second half you come in. I mean, it's going to be a different ball game for sure. I guess they were up during points in that first half. They were up by ten plus. And so it was really it was really good to see them on this is like their first true road toughest road game yet and so it, it's disappointing to see the Wolfpack were in foul trouble all game it's it's clear to say that um looking at the numbers Lindsey Drew and Josh all fouled out while four, while three other Wolfpack players were in had four foul ended the game with four fouls Cody Cody Caleb and Kendall and it's hard especially when one of your top scorers that game Kendall gets in foul trouble early because you gotta you gotta bench him and you you're missing his shot. Yeah, I mean definitely foul trouble is probably what caused us this game. Um they usually say that you gotta play the penalty game, the turnover game, and just a straight points game. And we definitely we were playing the points game, but the fouls in the turnover game was not on our side. I honestly I think looking I think this I think Nevada played not to lose rather than to win in the second half. Like they they were coasting, coasting, and then they realized we're at that point where we're screwed. Like, um, it got to the point where Texas Tech had all the momentum in this game, especially late, late, like in the last two minutes. But as a team, this is this was a very sloppy game for Nevada. They committed twenty one turnovers. 
21. And you just got to control that, especially especially against good good competition. Yeah, and I really like to to know what it was that kind of set Nevada off its game. I mean, they were on fire so much. They weren't making these types of mistakes in any other game uh, up until this point. And then all of a sudden we go on the road to Texas Tech and this team falls apart. The Martin Twins balled out. They had 50 of 76 points. But what Nevada didn't do well is they did not use their bench like at all until people started getting in foul trouble. Like Elijah Foster played three minutes. Howis Cook played 14, provided some decent some decent playing, but like you need better like bench depth. Like you got Darian Williams, you got Elijah Foster. Sure, I know they might be liabilities on offense, but they provide some type of help on defense. Charlie Tooley? No. <laughs> nope, no playing. Just kidding. Um But yeah, I mean, that's something that I've noticed a lot in these games is that we're seeing a lot more depth. Last year you look at look at the playing time and Jordan Caroline was getting forty minutes a game. Yeah. The Martin twins played every single second of this game. And Jordan Caroline played forty two out of out of uh forty five. So like I think they're starting to reverse revert to what happened last year, like where they had no bench depth, and that ultimately killed them when they played Iowa State in the NCAA tournament. The difference is we actually do have bench depth. We've got some good guys sitting on the bench waiting for that second half uh, of play. We just don't give them those opportunities until we're up by 30 points. Yeah, and so like, House Cook can provide sparks, and he only played 14 minutes. Josh Hall, 5,017 minutes. It's not good. No, definitely and especially, not. And especially when it, is, it sucks because he's like the, one of the top defensive players on this team. Yeah, we definitely took this Texas Tech game the wrong direction. Um, and maybe this loss will will motivate the team to play smarter and better coming in the coming weeks. Maybe they were maybe they, their ego took had the best of them coming in at 22nd in the nation, you know, and they just underprepared. There's a lot of what like unknowns about why they they had a game like they did. Thank yeah, thank God Nevada does not have to face Keenan Evans ever again. He he was a beast, 32 points. And he shot more free throws than Nevada had the entire game. He shot 19. Nevada had 17 free throw attempts. Keenan Evans, he honestly could get to the free throw line whenever he wanted to. He'd drive in. The refs would somehow call foul on him, even though there was no contact. And especially as the game went on, the the calls were not were not in Nevada Nevada's favor. It was clear to see that. And another knock on Texas Tech is that their announcers were awful. Yeah, I was about to say, Gary, I, I see in on our prep that you have a, a note in here about the announcers. Oh, they were uh, awful. Like they well, first off, they all game they pronounced the state of Nevada wrong. Ugh, that's a big pet peeve. And also, like I remember listening to the game, and he's like, Nevada, like the the in broadcasting, you're not supposed to use the term bailed out. Like that's like a very like that's not professional. Like saying someone was bailed out like on a foul call. That's I just remember hearing that a couple times. Mm. And so, it, it's I understand that it's Texas Tech TV, but still I, I expect them to be. Have a little sympathy. I mean, hey, students are students. I mean, when I was broadcasting for ASU, these aren't students. It's Texas Tech TV. Oh, it's it's like their Wolfpack TV. It's the Texas Tech TV on Fox Sports. Ooh, that's a rough one, Texas yeah. Tech. You gotta watch it out. Do your homework. It's Nevada, not Nevada. You know, it's he said he probably said it about thirty to forty times in that game. Yeah, I saw on Twitter it was a big, it was mm-hmm. a whole big thing. Uh, Everyone was all upset about the way that they were pronouncing it. Um, but, you know, 
I don't want to rag on these announcers because that's not really important. What is important is previewing this next week for Nevada basketball. It does not get easier, to say the least. Um, we face, on Friday the 8th, number 20th, the 20th ranked TCU Horned Frogs. Is This game is being uh, taking place in Los Angeles at the Staples Center in the Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. Now, it'll be interesting to see if this game actually still happens. Oh, yeah, with all the fires that's going on in L.A., I mean, this this game might have to end up getting relocated, but... Please I, to Nevada. Please to Nevada. <laughs> I don't think we're big enough to hold mm-hmm. a, an event like this, but, you know, I have faith that this is still going to happen. This is a homecoming from Lin- for Lindsey Drew. Grew up in the L.A. area. I don't care. You're, you're probably really upset that we didn't get to go to this one because it's right by your hometown. Yeah, and... it would it would have been a great it would be great it would be great to see Nevada play in the Staples Center, but we couldn't get media passes. Yeah, and finals are here. We couldn't get away for the weekend either. So uh, this is going to be one that you're going to have to follow on Twitter or follow uh, us on Twitter. We will, we will be live tweeting the game. Garrett will be live tweeting this game. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a tough one for Nevada, especially coming off this loss. Uh, I'm hoping that this moment it doesn't kill any momentum that we had going into it. Yeah, no, the Wolf, the Horn Frogs are a very good team this year. They are still undefeated. They average 87 points a game and 20 assists per game. That 20 assists are good for fourth in the nation. So they like to pass the ball a lot. Um, the Horn Frogs have five players who average 10 points a game. So they, they spread the ball around. Very much like us. Yeah, and it's going to be an interesting matchup um, due to the size size matchups. Kenrick, Kenrick Williams is one of their star players. Um, he averages 12 points and 10 rebounds. He's like a 6'7 guard like the Martins. So it, it should be a very close game, and I don't want to give a prediction because I have no idea like how Nevada responds. It'll be interesting to see within the first five minutes of this game how Nevada responds after that loss against against Texas Tech. Yeah, definitely. I mean, playing another uh, Texas team is probably a little bit scary uh, coming off this loss. And, you know, it's neutral territory, though. So that gives us um, a little bit of an advantage over Texas, like, over the game that we had at Texas Tech. I mean, they're going to be playing the Staples Center. No one's at home. Everyone's kind of playing uh, just good basketball. So, I mean, 22nd in the nation, number 20th in the nation. Uh, should be a barn burner. It should, it should be a barn burner. I like that one, Garrett. But, uh, there's no real predictions for this one because it could go either way. I mean, both teams are very, very similar. Both teams are highly skilled, highly ranked, and you know, I think it's just going to be up to uh, the basketball gods to decide this one. Yeah. All right. That being said, we're going to take a quick break and come back with women's basketball. Stay tuned for more on Pack Center. recap the team traveled to hawaii wow tough break for the maui classic this week going one and one starting off this series with a rough start against oregon state losing wait for it 89 to 49 
That's a 40-point loss, Garrett. What is there to say about this one? Well, it, well, it's tough when you're playing the number 19 team in the nation. Oregon State, is, they're good. They're yeah, to good. say they're, the least. Yeah, to say the least. And they just I – don't, I don't know what was wrong with Nevada. Maybe it was the time differences. Maybe jet lag. I don't know. The team shot horribly from the field. They shot 17 to 62, which is good for 27.4% from the field. And from three, they shot 20%, two of 10. That's awful. You know, that's, that is awful. I mean, I don't know how well I'd be playing in Maui either. Like, I think I'd be enjoying the vacation more. I mean, leaving. You'd be drunk. <laughs> Constantly. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. But, I mean, leaving cold, windy, wintry Reno for the sun, tropics, and warmth of Hawaii would definitely get my mind off of basketball. So, uh, But I'm not saying that's why uh, Nevada played so bad. I mean, they were playing against number 19 in the nation, Oregon State. It's no wonder uh, it was a, it was going to be a tough loss. But uh, 40 points, that's a lot of points. I mean, even for playing a ranked team. Yeah, Zeller had 19 points, seven boards, which which both cat, both numbers led the team. But you're right. It, Nevada sh- truly struggled and... It was just awful to, like, look at the score and see, like, oh, we lost by 40? Like, what's next? Like, how? Like, what does this say about the team's season? Yeah, I mean, but they did turn it around in this in this game after uh, versus Montana State where they won 67-53. to uh, Not too shabby of a turnaround for Nevada. This time, yeah, this time, Jade Redmond led the team in scoring with 17 points. Redmond also recorded two steals. But another key key theme is Nevada struggled to shoot the ball again from the field they shot or for the game they shot 19 of 50 which is good for 38 percent and from deep they shot three of 16 which is good for 18.8 percent 18.8 percent from three that's awful whoa I'm surprised they still somehow still won the game yeah those are some rough numbers right there I mean uh those should definitely be over uh, 50% easy. Uh, and so, I mean, they were shooting well at the beginning of the season, too, so I'm really surprised that their uh, percentages have dropped so drastically in recent weeks. I think if the three ball's not falling, you gotta you should just go away from it and, sh- like, stick to some twos, try to get to the free throw line, f- find the best way to score as many points as possible. And yeah. I don't think that is shooting threes because you're shooting at such a low percentage. Yeah, I definitely think playing in the key is the key for Nevada for Nevada's women's team right now. Aha. 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 Multiple word meanings. <laughs> but yeah, I think Nevada women's team needs to to work on their strategy. If the three ball isn't working, either practice the heck out of it or you try to avoid it and just go for two points and and play it safe. Look, they're now four and four on the on the on the year, which isn't bad. It's not good. It's not great. But it's not terrible either. No, I mean, you're not zero and four or or zero and eight. Yeah, but it, again, we'll we'll stress this. This is still Amanda Levin's first season. There's always like a learn. There's always like a learning curve when it when a coach takes over a team in their first season. Yeah, that's true. I think that we always have to remember that is that. Uh, they're having they have a pretty good record for uh, a brand new coaching staff and a brand new head coach. 
And it's going to take time, just like we saw with Nevada football, to get in rhythm and understand the playbooks, understand uh, your new teammates, your new coaches, and really kind of fine-tune everything together. I mean, you saw that with Nevada football, it took weeks for them to finally get a first win. And then after that, it took a long time for them to actually look confident out on the on the field. And I think that um, Nevada women's basketball team has actually been doing a lot better than expected. Yeah, I going into this game, I had no idea how this team would fare up. And it's good to see that the team is 500. This is I expect them to finish the season 500, but I expect better things as we move forward into the Amanda Levins era. Yeah, and speaking of moving forward, let's take a look at this preview. They'll be playing on uh, the 9th against Seattle, uh, who are also on a 4-4 four and four record. But, yeah, they um, – they're four and four. The, another road game, so they're another day away from or Lawler, and this is yeah. This game's up in Seattle. Yeah, I mean a four. This is gonna be a really good, evenly matched uh, opponent. I mean four and four record. Us have a four and four record, um, and I and I like games like that. I like games where there's not just one team uh, miles ahead of the other one, where you're actually gonna have a good, clean fight. And we're going to see who the better team is here, and it's going to really change the outcome of uh, either team, no matter uh, depending on the the uh, outcome. Yeah, I think Nevada needs to get back on the uh, start getting a win streak going. So hopefully they come away with with the win. Yep, and hopefully they come away with the win and bring it back to Lawler, where they're going to play Stanislaus State I, on I, the twelfth. Yeah, I don't, I don't. This game's at eleven a.m. Wow, this is an early game. Mm-hmm. That's unusual for basketball. We've been seeing a lot of like late night games. That's a that's a Tuesday morning. I don't I don't know why they're doing an eleven o'clock start on a Tuesday. A Tuesday morning game at Lawler Event Center. I don't know how many people are gonna be out there for that. That's Six? gonna be yeah, it's gonna be uh, a workday flow uh, for a lot of people and a lot of in a middle of the school day. I mean, Nevada if it was men's basketball we might see uh a shift in Reno's culture to try to get everyone out to that one, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Stanislaus State is a D one school. Didn't my, men's play him in preseason? I have really no idea anything about Stanislaus State. I don't even know where they are. All I know is that they have a five and three record, and that you don't think that they're a D one school. No, and that's about it. So, uh, doing some quick research, they are located in Turlock, California. If you know where that is, uh, I have heard of it. I had a friend growing up who had a grandma that lived in Turlock. Um, other than that, uh, th- I don't know much about Turlock. It is just outside of Modesto. Yeah, it's kind of in the middle of the, nowhere of n- California. It's near Hayward. Um, yeah, pretty much middle of nowhere. So, yeah, hard to say that these people would be a D1 school. So maybe we'll have it's uh, in be- it's some. In- it's in between Fresno and Sacramento. Exactly. So it's hard to say what kind of opponent this will be. I mean, they have a five and three record. I don't really know what kind of opponents they've been playing to get a record like that. Um, but could be an easy win. Could be a blow. It could be a, a real battle for women's basketball. But all I know is that it's going to be a, a good even week for Nevet for women's basketball. And I think that they have an opportunity to come away with a three game win streak, or come away with a a couple more losses under the belt. But I think that. Um, under Amanda Levins, that they've been actually playing better than expected, and I think that they're going to have uh, a good week, and that's my prediction. Yeah, I think it'll be a good week as well. 
I think Nevada comes away with two wins this week. I think so too. I think they Push end. The, pushes their winning streak to three. Yeah, I definitely think a three win, a three game win streak is in uh, women's basketball's future. And I want to move on from women's basketball real quick, Garrett. We got some good news that came out just the other day. Just to, yeah, just the other day. That baseball schedule has been released, and that's really exciting. Oh boy! Oh, oh boy! So, first 12 games of the season are on the road, though. That's, an, so, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. So, we won't be seeing uh, a game at Pacoli Park for quite a while. Yeah, in total, they have 23 games at home. Um, they have six opponents. They face six opponents that made it to the NCAA Super Regional and two opponents which made it to the College World Series, Oregon State and Cal State Fullerton. Wow. So, this is going to be uh, a tough season for baseball, but I think that uh, – the building year is over for baseball, and now it's time to grind it out and actually do some let's, good work. Yeah, um, let's they got let's not forget they got the new field, and let's see how let's see how they actually perform. It's gonna that first those first games are gonna determine how the season goes because it's not easy starting your first twelve games on the road. Like I'm I'm trying to figure out if there's something wrong or like why they're why they're doing that. Exactly, I think that. Uh, Pack Center, we're, we're growing uh, so much right now, and we're gonna. I'm gonna give you a little bit of a, a sneak peek if you've listened this far to the episode, that we've got some some new ideas coming in for for next season, for Pack Center's new season starting next semester, um, and the springs in the spring semester. Um, there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, we're trying to get some more people on our team. Uh, I am unfortunately leaving the podcast, and we're trying to look for a replacement uh, as we speak. Uh, you'll, you'll, I'll be on the show here and there as a guest, but uh, mostly be focusing on some multimedia stuff for Pack Center. Mm, leaving that one up in the air a little bit. Um, but as you've seen with Nevada basketball, if you follow us on social media, uh, we're going to be out there doing photography for the rest of the season as much as possible. I've been uh, drowning in schoolwork lately, so I haven't been able to really get out there and take some photos uh, for this last game at home. But... We're going to be trying our best to get more photographers on our team, more young journalists trying to make their mark in the sports world. Um, hopefully we'll get some guy at, a baseball, at baseball games once they come and play at Pacoli Park. Um, swimming, diving, anything that you can get some good visuals from, you'll see it right here at Pack Center. Um, and all that being said, I think this is a great place to end our uh, short show this week. Again, it is finals week, so we're ending it uh Short, on a good note of um, look for some future uh, multimedia stuff. Uh, again, my name is Jordan Burns here with Garrett Hirschberg. I'd like to give a good shout-out to Wolfpack Radio for um, helping us out always and giving us a place to to show our work. Um, the Reynolds School of Journalism, again, thank you so much for letting us use your studios. Uh, you guys are great. This has been an amazing place to work for the last year and a half. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I'm so sad that I'm leaving the show, but uh, the show must continue. The show must continue. Um, we got big things in the works. Anyone listening, hit us up on on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Please tell us if you if you want to work with us. Uh, go we're ahead. Accepting and, applications. We're accepting applications. Send us a DM. We'll love to do an interview with you guys. Um, you know, and all that being said, everything going on right now. I just want to say one more thing before we go. Go Wolfpack.
Yeah, just forget the wins, it's the best to use yeah.